Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. <coughs> Hello. You right, fella? Hiya. Yeah. Are you uh, are you going to leave the uh, the uh, flushing toilet noise in? <laughs> Did you hear that? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I'm Steve Norman, joined by Owen Hughes. Hello. And Paul Field. Evening, fellas. As we take a crack at the last week or so in film, including uh, reviews of Eddie the Eagle and Martyrs, as well as all the usual bits and pieces that we do. We're going to start with a quiz. Owen's 2-0 up. And in a, in a change of fortune, as Paul is notoriously awful at the quiz, he is hosting the quiz, and me and Owen, perhaps for the first time, in living memory, are directly going to head-to-head. Yeah. Well, as we're reviewing Eddie the Eagle, who likes to get hurt doing what he does, and we're also reviewing um, the Pranksters film, where they tend to get hurt. And this week, Owen has got a terrible injury called a rotated cuff, which I believe (laughs) is something that happens when you first get broadband to your village. Yeah, not quite. No, a a rotator cuff injury. Okay. I haven't rotated my cuff because that's only worse what, than what's what is a What is a rotator cuff? It's part of your shoulder. Oh, it's sh- your sh- wrist. What's a shoulder? Of lamb. Mm. No. Okay, guys, you ready? Go Born for it. ready. All the questions relate to, or more or less, people getting injured and, and going about their business, normally related to films. So, Jackie Chan. He's been injured a lot. But how many times during filming has he broken his nose? <sighs> That's got to be a lot. That's got to be something like 25. I'm going to go 16. Okay, cool. Eddie the Eagle also has sustained quite a number of injuries, but how many bones has Eddie the Eagle broken while he's been doing ski jumping? Different bones, or including the same bone being broken more yep. than once. Well. <laughs> yep. I'll tell I you what, to... I'll, I'll give you a little clue here. Each answer is higher than the one before. Right. Oh, right. Yeah, but that only works if we know that we've got the previous well, one. Well, there so. you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 74. Um. I'm going to be a bit more conservative and say 33. Okay. 
somebody else who uh, has broken the bones a fair bit during filming is uh, Johnny Knoxville. How many times has he broken a bone during filming? I think I might have gone too hard. No, I haven't. Right. <laughs> I'm going to go 83. <laughs> I'll go for 40. Okay. The 1981 adventure flick, Raw. Um, do you know this film, guys? Tippi Hedren and her kids appeared in it. And what, her youngest daughter is actually Melanie Griffith. It's uh, about a family who live with 150 wild animals. Um, oh, like, yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> You've got lions, cheetahs, yeah. uh, leopards and tigers. And the strap line for this film is no animals were harmed in the making of this film. But ex-cast and crew members were how many 102 hang on okay steve owen uh i think that's going to be quite high i'll go for 60 60 okay back to poor johnny knoxville not only has he broken his bones he's managed to cut himself a few times over the course of the history of jackass how many stitches do you think he's had <laughs> oh, what we're we saying for that? If he's probably had about oh, six, I reckon that's got to be about hundred. hundred, Steve. I mean, stitches you can have quite a lot, and he is a bit of an idiot. Two hundred and seventy-three. Okay. One of uh, Johnny Knoxville's hero, actually, which he made a documentary about called Being Evil, um, which is about the life of Evil Knievel, who actually has a record in the Guinness Book of World Records for the most broken bones ever. How many broken bones in his career did Evil Knievel pick up? 270. Steve? Um, 200... Uh... I reckon 308. 308. Okay, guys. Right, should we do some answers? That's your Let's lot of questions. Right, Jackie Chan. Now, he only broke his nose three times. He didn't make enough films to break his nose 25 times, Owen, I don't think. Young no? Master, Project A, and Mr. Nice Guy. So, that's a point for Steve. Is it? What did Steve say? 16. Well, you said 25. Ah, oh, shit. Right, Eddie the Eagle, not quite as clumsy as you might think, Steve, because Owen's nearest with 33. He actually broke 17 bones. He broke his skull twice, his jaw, his collarbone, his ribs, his knee, his fingers, his thumbs, his toes, his back and his neck. Uh, He's quoted as saying the only bones he didn't break were his shoulder, hip and thigh. So that's a point for Owen. His rotated cuff is in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Johnny Knoxville, again, Steve, not as, again, not as clumsy as you would think. He's, he's actually 21 broken bones for Johnny Knoxville. So that is a point for Owen. I've lost count of how many things I said at each answer now. <laughs> said 40, Steve said 83. Oh, right. Um, in the film Raw, the poster actually says, no animals were harmed in the making of this film. 70 cast and crew members were. And... Owen, you were nearest with 60. Oh. Oh, no, yeah. it's not going to be a tiebreak, is it? Oh, no, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. Uh, right. Johnny Knoxville. Owen, you think he had 100 stitches? Yeah. Steve, you think he had 273 stitches? It was 248. Jesus. Point for Steve. Wow. That means I'm going to be well off on the Evil Knievel one. Evil Knievel. Well, he broke a lot of bones. And I'm assuming the same one many, many, many times. Because his career broken bones tally was 433. So that's a point for Steve. Which means it's three all. <laughs> You've not uh, thought this through. <laughs> I have because I've got a tie break. Ooh. Which I haven't thought through. But anyway. Did you hear, did you hear that, Owen? Oh, shut up, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You ready? Yes. Channing Tatum, Johnny Knoxville, Hugh Jackman. Two of those three have injured their penis. Which two? Channing Tatum, I reckon, probably did himself here on uh, Magic Mike. Mm-hmm. Now, Johnny Knoxville seems like a trick answer mm. because he's bound to have done it, but did he really? I, I seem to think that Channing Tatum has. Yeah, same. Um, possibly doing Magic Mike or Magic Mike Part 2. Um, Knoxville must have had a willy injury. <laughs> yeah. But it, it sounds too obvious. Well, I'll, I'll go for Johnny Knoxville in that case. I'm going for it. You're going for Johnny Knoxville hasn't? He has. He has. Hang on. It, what was the question? <laughs> Which two of those three stars has suffered a penis injury? Right. I'm going to say Jackman and Tatum. Okay. Right. Channing Tatum is correct. When he was yep. fi- filming the Eagle, he was oh, in a free- he was in a freezing river, and they have to pour warm water into their suits. But unfortunately, a crew member forgot to test the temperature of the water, pour- poured boiling water into the suit, and burnt the skin off the tip of his cock. Ooh. Wow. You would like to be the guy responsible for that, would you? No. Burning one of the most handsome men in Hollywood's dick. Yep. Yeah. Hugh Jackman, wearing his Wolverine claws, narrowly missed cutting off his penis. Having a wank. Cut to his leg. Having a wank. <laughs> However, Johnny Knoxville <laughs> was doing a stunt on a bicycle. The bike left him. He hit the ground. Then the handlebars hit him in the crotch tore his urethra and then <laughs> had to flush his bladder for the next however many months by sticking a tube all the way up his japsai into his cock into his bladder and uh yeah so owen fuck me that sounds horrendous yeah <laughs> I, bet, I bet you're happy you've only got a rotator cuff injury now i know yeah you've not got a pipe shoved up your dick <laughs> <laughs> cheers guys small things isn't it yeah well done yeah, thanks for coming, Paul. See you later. Bye. That's <laughs> um, good. So, Steve, you've got to watch something again already. Yeah. Was it two weeks after I made you watch Pudsey the Dog? It's it's two weeks after I made you rap Will Smith. Well, you could look at it that way, I suppose, if you like. 
Yeah. Oh, I'll always remember it. <laughs> uh, Steve, um, this once great comedian, this once great movie star, revered the world over for his comedic performances in films, has made a lot of shit in the last decade or so. And I don't stand learn it. It's not Adam Sandler. You can have another guess if you like. Um, Eddie Murphy. Ooh. Oh, please make him watch Norbit. It's Norbit. Yes! <laughs> you just wait until I've got for you. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Well I've done, got Norbit. an absolute beauty in reserve for you. Have you? Some would, call it a, some would call it a British classic. <laughs> I'm not one of them. And there's anyone else I know. Norbit stars Eddie Murphy and Eddie Murphy, of course, two Eddie Murphys. After being bullied into marrying an overbearing woman, mild-mannered Norbit meets the girl of his dreams in this screwball romantic comedy. So enjoy that, Steve. Netflix seems to want me to watch it because I watched BoJack Horseman, F is for Family and Beavis and Butthead. That's how their algorithms work, apparently. But uh, no, you can watch it instead. Oh, thanks. Yeah, anytime. Yeah, dickhead. <laughs> right, on to the news. Um, where, as always in the news, something to do with superheroes has happened. Not actual superheroes, just those on screen. Um, most of it happening within the uh, DC universe that we're covering. All of it, in fact, covering in the DC universe. First bit is Suicide Squad is getting reshoots to add more humour because, as Owen has quite politely put it, in our agenda, thanks to the nerds crying into their fucking hankies over Batman vs Superman being too serious, the fucking wankers, because superheroes quipping themselves silly throughout every action scene certainly worked well in Age of Ultron, huh? Fucking twat gibbons. Yeah, that's how I feel about this news. It's basically them, you know, catering to public pressure now because of part of the backlash for Batman vs Superman was it's too serious why are they so serious oh it's all it's also miserable so serious son <laughs> yeah precisely yeah. um and I just think it's ridiculous because Suicide Squad already looked like it had a bit of uh, dark humor in there yeah. uh, I don't I mean the, the idea that a film needs reshoots of this sort of drastic scale at this stage in production is not a good sign anyway, is it? So I'll t- tell you what the problem is, is that Batman versus Superman weren't very good. And well. what... Uh, it weren't very good, come on. I, I, I watched it a second time. I'll talk about this in what we've been watching. I watched it a second time, and it was better. But it's still not a good film. It doesn't really come... touch on Marvel's best, or even some of Marvel's second best. But what the Marvel films all have, they are a bit more light-hearted. They are a bit more, not upbeat, but they are a bit more jovial. And So, so what the people who didn't like Batman and Superman are thinking, Batman vs Superman, are thinking, right, so the answer to this is to make the DC films more like Marvel films. That isn't the answer at all. No. The answer is to make better films. It doesn't matter if the tone is too dark or too serious or or too violent, or too whatever. Just got to make a better film. You don't have to try and emulate what Marvel are doing, or how Marvel are doing their films. Yeah, I mean, that's... Um, 
See, I, I wouldn't say that DC are trying to copy Marvel. I think DC no, 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 are just no, trying I, to I, please fans who don't yeah, know who, what who, they want. They just the, but the fans want know, the, same. But the fans know what films they like, and pretty much all of the Marvel films have gone down really well. And yeah, I mean that's fine. You can. I mean, I understand that fans like the Marvel. You know, Marvel fans like the Marvel films. That's fine. But I don't think that necessarily means they know what other films they're like. You know, just because no, that's, it's that's, not, that's a... not that's not that's not the point. I'm, the point I'm making is is that the Marvel films are really popular. They are more light-hearted, have more one-liners and quips and jokes than what we've seen of DC films from the, the three Nolan Batman films, this film, and the two newest Superman films. So so the the fans are saying. Or I, I, I don't know if the fans are saying it or saying we don't like it. What films do you do like? Oh, we like Avengers. We like Ant-Man. And then the studio heads are going, what's the difference? What is more jokes than that? Once we need to make it more lighthearted. And it isn't the case. Just make a better film. Or yeah. have or trust your own judgment or your filmmaker's judgment. Trust the people you've put in charge of making Suicide Squad to have made a good film. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I mean that's fair. I mean the 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 opposite sort of. I guess you could say Deadpool at the minute, right? It's just become like the highest grossing R-rated film ever, mm. and that's just all humour. And the thing with Batman versus Superman was it's or just the previous Batman films is they, although achieved the same uh, rating. Uh, you know, uh, age-appropriate rating for the films. That's exactly the same as Marvel movies. You know, they're all 12 A's. They're all PG-13s. Um, they're actually try to portray themselves as more serious, as more mature, as more grown-up, don't they? That's Zack Snyder's recently sort of said that he wants to come out and he's going to uh, add a half an hour of extra footage in a Batman versus Superman. Is it Blu-ray that's going to be released that'll be R-rated? Um, so what seems to be the what seems to have happened is Suicide Squad, which, as far as I know, is a very mature film already. It's not aimed at like young kids. It's not aimed at the 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 Marvel fan base of like twelve to thirteen year old boys. Um, it's meant to be a bit more uh, grown up and violent, and so adding in. Humor. I mean, yeah. So the, the, your two options are basically they've either bowed down to fan pressure from the backlash of people saying, "Well, look, Deadpool's R-rated and highly grossing, and that's a that's more of a comedy than it is an actual film," or they're just basically using an excuse to reshoot some scenes because they aren't very good already. And you know, the last film that was a comic book film that required major reshoots was Fantastic Four. And that didn't exactly turn out well, did it? Well, that just needed burning. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know what happened to the the artifact in in whatever Indiana Jones film it was, like put into a crate and hidden from the world in a big warehouse. <laughs> that, that needs to happen. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I don't suppose you've got a comment on any of this, have you, Paul? I know oh, you're I just, not really I, a fan of these sort of films. No, I, I, in my notes for the news, I've just written Batman shit. <laughs> yeah. Just, no, 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 no. Bored. I like that Batman. That was good. The Adam West one. Yeah, awesome. Just a spray for everything. Yeah. Some days well, you I mean, just can't get rid of a bomb. 
Yeah, I mean the only the only spray I've got is Lynx Africa and Lynx Apollo. He had a spray that could get rid of sharks. <laughs> Next bit of news is uh, Ben Affleck or Batfleck, as he's annoyingly called by people now. Uh, that can stop. The joke's yeah. passed, doesn't it? Time's yeah. Gone. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, he has apparently already written a Batman film, um, and. Um, there's all. I think he's. I'm not sure if it's already been announced, but there's certainly rumours he's going to be directing one. Just not sure if it's the one that he's written that he'll be directing. But one of the better things about the film, I thought, was him as Bruce Wayne and Batman, but especially Bruce Wayne. And obviously, he is quite a talented uh, filmmaker himself. I think him in charge of his own Batman film could really work. That's certainly what, <coughs> certainly what most comments are uh, advocating that you know give him just the license to make the film that he wants to make. Um, I've seen a lot of comments actually saying that maybe he should get someone a bit more experienced uh, in terms of writing this style of film involved. Well, he's, he's and, a good friend, isn't he? Who does that kind of thing? Yeah, Kevin Smith is the one yeah. that's been touted a lot. Uh, to, to come in and help him perhaps script a Batman film. Now, I've read a Kevin Smith Batman comic and it was pretty shit. It Do you was know what? I actually awful. own those. Do you? I, oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't own many comics, but I do own the Kevin Smith Batman comics. Not read them, obviously, but I do own them. Yeah. Yeah, because of course you're a big uh, Kevin Smith fan, aren't you? You do know that Smith helped them out. Well, they uh, Affleck picked up an Oscar back in 97. For, for a screenplay. Goodwill Hunting, yeah. Yeah, and, and Kevin Smith helped him on that. I'm sure he did. Yeah, that's but it's a different sort of film, I think. Oh, yeah, um, I know, but hey, you know, that's, maybe, that maybe they, that's, that's a pretty decent you know thing to have on your mantelpiece. Oh, absolutely, yeah. But, I mean, maybe he just get, he, he'll he'll just get Kevin Smith in to like, help with the continuity and the, and the things like that. And like, well, that's not really in Batman's character at all, but this happens, so you need to do that. And if you've got to have Robin, then it needs to be this Robin out of about the 27 different ones that there's been in the comics. And maybe, you know, maybe it's just that, but just write it and, you know, but he'll... I would, I would personally keep Kevin Smith as far away from it as possible. Making Tusk too. Yeah. Just, yeah. Let him get on with making those shitty projects that he comes up with when he's stoned on this podcast and thinks I, are great. I still like, I still like comic book men, even though he's not really in that. He just opens and closes it. It's, I, that's fine. Addictive, addictive little reality program. I was going to say, is that the documentary reality TV style? Yeah, like this. It's his Jay and Bob's secret stash, the comic book store that he owns, and his mates run it. And yeah. you just get people like coming in with old comic books or memorabilia or toys and that, and, and selling them. And, and you find out how ridiculous the like how much they're worth is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I just find that like there's a twenty-five minute like little show quite enjoyable I've even though i'm not really a massive stuff comic from there fan. over the years literally i've got like posters t-shirts books films all the time i used to spend a fortune in the stash not for a long time now though what like what is there one in the uk or did you order it from online no, you just used to order it online from the states yeah but yeah it gets some like stuff you why are people spending that much money on comic books are ridiculously valuable aren't they well, some of them. It depends on the condition. Uh, the most expensive one I've got, I think, is about eighty quid. Yeah. But yeah. 
there's, there's some like that when somebody comes in and wants a serious amount of money, there's one guy who just works who comes out and goes, well, it's a little bit faded and the spine's a little bit bent and there's a tiny crease in the corner, so we're going to knock about a third the price you want off it. Yeah. <laughs> but then, you know, people will overestimate the price of their yeah. things anyway. And then you get the problem with, like, really valuable collectible comics. Well, same with anything, isn't it? Same as any kind of uh, limited edition run of something. So one person tries to buy up the lot so that he can push the price up of them that he sells because, you know, because he can. <laughs> or she can, I suppose. But it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, back on to Batman and Ben Affleck. Uh, yeah, I mean, he was the director of sort of, I'd say three pretty um, well-received films, Gone Baby Gone, The Town, and, of course, Argo. Mm. So him being the director of a Batman film, I'm fine with. Um, it's just the idea that he's written this screenplay or story or whatever it is that he's written, and he's waving it around you now saying that it's there and he's done and they should use it. And, of course, people are clinging to the, well, the, the best thing about Batman versus Superman, which was Ben Affleck's performance. As uh, yeah, give it to him without really perhaps considering whether it's any good or not, which just seems a bit dangerous and also taints it because if they don't use that screenplay and they use a different one, then they're all going to be saying, Oh, they should have used Ben Affleck's screenplay. Ben Affleck had one written, Ben Affleck was really good in the original, therefore, I just think it's perhaps a little bit um, naive if that's what's actually happening. Mm, well. Uh, the final bit of news on our agenda is Wolf Creek is being turned into a TV series. Um, I've not seen Wolf Creek, Owen. Um, I'm guessing you oh, have, really? or, or you wouldn't have put it in the agenda. Yeah, well, it was directed by a guy called Greg McLean, who was one of the uh, Splat Pack, as they were called, with him and uh, your man from Saw, who I can't remember the name of at the minute. What was that guy who... Um, Korean-American fella. Australian fella. I can't remember, mate, but... Uh, you know what I mean. He did Fast and Furious 6, anyway. Oh, okay, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I can't remember his name. Or 7, I think he did. Whichever one it was. Yeah. I love it... Wolf Creek. Yeah, Wolf Creek's really good. The second one was possibly better, I thought. I watched it... the trailer you sent me, and I thought it looked really good. It looked really well made. you got the same villain. It yeah. looks, looks like an interesting take on it. You know... It, He's he's being hunted rather than being the hunter. So, yeah, I'm 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 definitely going to watch that. Yeah, Mick Taylor. I mean, he just seemed like the, from the very first film. Like, there's a lot of uh, legs to that character. They're probably going to get a few sequels out of it, and they've been a bit slow with getting sequels. But um, yeah, TV series would probably work quite well. Yep, I'm all in. Yeah, it's pretty brutal though. So I don't know how much of it will make it into TV. <laughs> Well, I don't know. It depends which channel. I, I didn't recognise the channel, to be fair. No, it was an Australian one, wasn't it? Okay, well then if, it depends if it's cable or, you know, if it's... Yeah. yeah. So th- there's scope for it to be violent, but equally, if it's on network TV, probably not. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I think it'll probably be quite toned down. Depends if it's on at, like, 10 o'clock at night or if it's sandwiched between Neighbours and uh, Bondi Beach Rescue. <laughs> yep. The pinnacle of Australian television. So, ooh, sons and Daughters? No. Uh, oh God, I'm showing that's, my age now. That's something that you watch in your own time. <laughs> <laughs> I went away. Yeah. That's 
the other one. Don't know any others, I'm afraid. Wasn't there a prison show that was Australian that was, meant, that was really good? Yeah, uh, Prisoner Cell Block H, where That's one of the, the characters one. was always referred to as Vinegar Tits. <laughs> yeah. Actually, they have had a couple of like acclaimed TV shows. Didn't they have one with Guy Pearce in it a few years back? That was supposed to be quite good. Like a little cop thriller thing. Mm, yeah, vaguely. The only yeah. thing I remember was way, way back in the day was, I think before he did his films, was the Paul Hogan show. And I always remember he was just—he was living in this flat with this guy, and every time he made toast, he would hang it like this asbestos board, and he'd hang the bread on a nail on this board and get a blowtorch out and make his toast. And it always <laughs> used to make me laugh. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, I mean, I hope that it turns out to be good. I certainly think there's uh, the scope to make a good series with a character like Mick, uh, but we'll see. It'll... It depends, doesn't it, on how mm. violent they make it and how true to the films uh, it comes across as. Before we start what we've been watching, we have some fan mail that I was <laughs> to talk about. Fan mail. Yeah, we had a, a, we occasionally get comments on uh, different reviews and written articles on the website. Usually they are single mums and dads who comment on Callum's reviews of kids films go why have you reviewed this kids film like it's an adult film and my kids love it you're an idiot that kind of thing um but we had a comment on something i wrote for a change which reads <clears throat> as as the following owen you're such a clueless bellend exclamation mark bellend Not... is a great insult it is it's really good particularly like just as all one word bellend um not understanding Solaris and putting it on number five and shit movies like the worst Bruce Lee flick, Deliverance, and the overrated Godfather at number one. I don't think he understands the language of subtlety, this person. No. Aguirre, yes, I can agree with, but that mafia flick shouldn't go anywhere near Herzog or Tukovsky. Lol, failed critics, maybe. Successful cretins, no doubt. The successful so, cretins. Uh, we're having a name change, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, 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 what the, and what was uh, the guy's name? Oh, I don't know. Hukitsha? It looks like it's Polish or Eastern yeah. European. It's my pen name. <laughs> Coming over here, ruining yeah. our blogs. Yeah. Yeah. Slagging off Godfather and saying I shouldn't be putting... Yeah, that wasn't even like the, the problem. The problem was that it was the best... We did a, a decade in film series of articles where we picked like our five favourite films from each year of the past few decades. And this was one I wrote for 1972. And I put Solaris at fifth. And I put ahead of it a Bruce Lee film. I put Deliverance and Godfather. And they took exception to that. Say, how dare I put Solaris at fifth? There's only the fifth best film of the year. And I said that they should come back and tell me some other films that are better than it then. You know? What have I over? They haven't yet. No, not as yet. I think they just wanted a bone. Mm. But you know, yeah, the overrated Godfather at number one. What kind yeah. of cretin am I? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've you've asked him to to come back with some some films that you know better than what you suggested. So you've made him an offer he can't refuse. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He hasn't though. No, he's, 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 he's completely keen. ignored you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he could refuse it apparently. What is yeah. the sort of Oxfordshire village equivalent of a horse's head in his bed? 
That's a horse's head, I think. <laughs> a rural Oxford <What>? village. <laughs> Just a postcard of a horse. A a shepherd, please please don't head. be nasty to me on yeah. the internet, love <laughs> Owen. An, author, an author's head in his larder. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What about a successful bell end? Well, clueless cretin. Mm. Probably I mean, I'd, I'd never call you successful anything, Owen. Yeah, I was quite pleased with that. Um, you know how, like, on movie review posters, uh, yeah. or posters, they have the little movie reviews and they just take the one single word. I'm just going to put that now. I'm going to create a fail critics poster to put around and just put Hookies Cat, or whatever his name is, and just successful is the quote. <laughs> but. <laughs> just if I just create a fake iTunes account and just register register a review and just put successful and five stars. How about that? Not that I'm at all offended. Yeah, you understand. You seem to have taken it really well. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Owen, while you're uh, ranting on about everything, why don't you tell us what you've seen this week? Uh, I watched. Uh, well, last week I recommended Aliens. Oh, no, I didn't recommend Aliens. I recommended Alien because it was on Film 4. And I hadn't seen it for a while and I forgot that I'd never actually bought it on DVD for some unknown reason. So I, I recorded it and uh, me and my wife sat down, watched it yesterday, and it is still just as bloody good as it's ever been. I know there's a little bit of a debate about Alien or Aliens because they're very different sorts of films and people usually have one favourite out of the two. Actually, between you two, which which one do you prefer, Alien or Aliens? I think I prefer Alien. Oh, Paul? I'm gonna go. I, I probably just on the basis that I've, the amount of times I've seen it, Aliens. Aliens. So why would you say Aliens is just the better film? Just be, purely because you've seen it more times? Or yeah, because I think I was at that age where it was like, oh my god, this is amazing, and just watched it again and again and again. Yeah. Well, I think that's part of it. A lot of people say that Aliens has more of a rewatch quality to it. Because, of course, Alien, the first one, is like a horror film, really. Mm-hmm. And it it's built around the, Yeah, so it's built around the, the atmosphere, the suspense. And so it probably does benefit more from having long gaps in between watching them. Whereas, uh, whereas Aliens is just a full-on, high-octane, 80s action film, isn't it? So you can just watch it over and over. It's got the quotes that are just brilliant every time. You know, Game Over Man and all that kind of thing. I did pick up the soundtracks to both of them recently on vinyl. And they're lovely. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they weren't too expensive either. I was very happy. Uh, yeah, I mean, Aliens just got a fucking amazing soundtrack. It just suits the film so brilliantly. But yeah, so like I say, I think Alien is probably my preferred. And it does benefit from having a bit of a gap in between. I think the last time I watched it was in 2012. So it was a four-year gap. And it just... You just forget how well-structured it is. You know, you don't actually see the Alien itself all that often throughout the first, like, hour and a half of the film. It's all building up to seeing it and the the fucking creepiness of the Xenomorph and... um, Everything from before that with the face hugger on John Hurt is just absolutely gross. And uh, on one of our early podcasts, Jerry was was talking about Alien, and he he described the uh, you know H.R. Geiger's uh, intention with the face hugger was to make it scarier than the Alien itself because it was all about homosexual oral rape. That was apparently what he went for. 
He wanted something that would scare the male audience watching it because here was this thing that was literally fucking your face and making you pregnant. And it did. They they chose not to have it attack a female member of the crew purposefully, so it would be more intense for any blokes watching it. And it's just like lots of little subtle things throughout the film about this idea of emasculation of people of of men. It's really cleverly done. But even just aside from that, it is a terrifying film in itself. It's, it's basically just, a haunted house film. Yeah, it's a really creepy, um, something around the corner, but you can't quite predict when and where. It's, it's, yeah, it is just like a haunted spacecraft, isn't it? It's great. I love Alien. I will watch it again and again and still never tire of it. It's, uh, it's just utterly sublime. One of the best science fiction films ever. And I say that I do like Prometheus as well. I've seen that twice and I think that's... I know it's a very different sort of film and I know a lot of people hated it because I think mainly because they were expecting Alien and it wasn't Alien. It was just a more... Uh... Red Dwarf? You think it was Red Dwarf? Or... Was, with the rubber octopus it was. It, it just I, I've, I've seen it probably three times. I've tried to force myself to like it yeah. and I just struggle with certain bits and I'd start laughing <laughs> uh, I, th- I think there's a lot of good in there I think some of the writing lets it down a little bit but it's got a lot of decent ideas, the whole mythology and the way it ties itself to the other alien uh, film was pretty good, pretty neatly done um, but I also I really like the performances I thought Michael Fassbender was good I like Charlize Theron um, it was just a yeah, I like it. I think it's I think Prometheus is good, but clearly Alien is like ten times as good. It makes me just want watching Alien again. Just makes me want to rewatch all of them. And I know that's a really bad track to go down because you end up watching Alien Resurrection, which is not good at all. I'll watch any and all of them. I I I don't hate any of them. Yeah. Have you seen the director's cut of Alien Three? Because I haven't seen that yet, but loads oh. of people told me that's much better. I'm pretty sure I have. I mean, I've, yeah. I've got the Blu-ray box set. I've watched them so many times, but they all blur into one after a while. They're all good. I do like them all. They're all really enjoyable. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's things to enjoy in all of them. Yeah. Sure. Just so, you know, as soon as those creatures appear, that's it. That's all I care about, you know. Okay. Well, I, I had a, a rewatch of a couple of, of films this week. First one I'd watched, again, I uh, hadn't seen in ages. I rewatched Ghostbusters. I'm not really much to say about it. Obviously, it brings up the discussion of the new one that's being released shortly. Um, I mean, Ghostbusters is almost perfect for its genre, and you've got peak peak Murray. Um, it's it's just it's just solid all round. Hits all the right notes, and you think why are they why remake? Forget it's an all female cast. I think people would be just as against it if it's an all male cast remaking it. Unless it was a direct sequel with with what's left of the original cast, I, I think people would, and I think even then people would be wary of it. Um, it's just a film that doesn't need to be remade or redone or yeah. rehashed. Or no, I think that the the, the the only way they could really continue it is with an entirely different cast, isn't it? I think they've done the right thing by distancing it from the original. However, yeah, just no need. It's just. It's... <clears throat> It's, it's not set in the same universe, is it, as the originals? Yeah, that's that's what I mean. Just distancing it's, it yeah. from the original is the best 
course yeah. of action, but I don't think the the trailer doesn't look great to me. No, no. But I, you know, not nothing at all to do with the fact that it's an all female cast. I don't give a shit really. No. If it's going to be funny, great. Um, quite, but then you know, I I went into Bridesmaids thinking that it wouldn't be good. I thought it would just be like The Hangover, which I thought was awful. Mm. And actually, Bridesmaids was okay. I mean, so I, maybe, quite, I, I mean, I I quite liked Melissa McCarthy in Spy. Well, she was really good in that, and I've not really seen too much of her work, to be honest. I can't really comment much beyond that. But I thought she was really good in Spy, and, and it worked there. The other three, I'm not too familiar with any of their, their stuff. So Kristen, Kristen Wiig's pretty... like She's in everything at the minute. Yeah. Every other film that comes out has got her in it. Um, she was, actually, she was all right in Zoolander 2, which was no That itself, I thought, was okay. That got a pretty bum rap from a lot of critics. Like Batman versus Superman. Well, yes, I, I've seen that again, mm. um, and it is better second time round. I don't know if because I'd seen all the bad points and and reviewing the film you know, last week, I looked for the bad points to comment on, and now I could just watch the film as without my critic head on, if it makes sense. And forget then your successful critic head yeah. on. Yeah. Forget, forgetting the bad points, or not forgetting them, but kind of glossing over them a bit more and enjoying what was good about the film. I still don't think it's a good film. It's probably about a 6 out of 10-ish. Um, it, it, it's, still, it's still far from perfect, far from... Wouldn't even get into my probably top 10 superhero films. But it's, you know, without having to focus on the bad bits and really look out for them it, it's it's fine uh, it's it's okay um, I still think um, Ben Affleck is really good as, as Bruce Wayne and Batman in, a, in a, a not so good film and if he was in a better film you would possibly be talking about him as the best Batman of all time um, it's a pretty bold claim. But... I genuinely think if, if 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 he was in a better film, a better script, more to work with, he, he I mean, what what would you say is the best on-screen Batman? I really like Christian Bale in um, The Dark Knight. Yeah, I thought he and but that could have just been because he he and Heath Ledger had such good chemistry between yeah. them when they were on screen together. Um, but, you know, a lot of people hate the Batman voice that he does. So. Yeah. I like the way, like I said, Lazarus, I like the way that was explained in, in Batman versus yeah. Superman. Yeah. Like, he's not just putting on a deep voice because, oh, Batman, because he's being Batman. It's like a microphone or something. But, yeah, I think he was a better Bruce Wayne than he was Batman as well, Ben Affleck. Yeah, I think he was certainly the best at Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, I like Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne, but even then... That's mainly because he he didn't spend much time in those films as Batman. Yeah, he was mostly Bruce Wayne. Mm. Um, what I, what I wanted to say about Batman vs Superman, I've made my point clear on it here last week. I like the film. I think it's good. I think it's had a very um, poor show because of the standard of criticism and journalism that's been written about this film. What has really annoyed me about this isn't so much like. I don't think the film is great. It's not a fantastic movie. Uh, but it's just the fact that now most of the um, opinion seems to be forced down to two avenues. There's a lot of bandwagon jumping. There's like people now who are going, 
who I know have seen the film and originally thought, yeah, it was all right, it was okay, and just get further and further down this narrow tunnel of saying, it's just shit, it's awful, it's a terrible film, because more and more people keep piling onto it. And it's really doing my head in, because then all that happens is you get people who are really strongly defending it, saying, no, you're wrong, no, you can't say it's terrible, it's not terrible, it's a great film. And you think it's neither. Can't, why, does it, why do these films always end up causing such a divisive audience split where people just get narrow-minded and just think that, you know, in just black and white terms of it's really good or it's awful. I got halfway through writing an article for the website on it before I thought, you know, it's not even worth moaning about on the website. Don't get involved, Owen. I know, it's just, it, that's literally how I felt. I just got halfway through and I thought, all I'm doing now is just joining in this terrible sway of awful, awful online criticism and just gave up. But it's just the whole thing, like the Batman versus Superman film and Zack Snyder as well. Why has he suddenly become this figure of hate for so many people? As if he's all that's wrong with movies, and uh, you know, modern blockbusters. He's not, he makes good films. I still stand by that. I still think 300's going to be looked back on as pretty much like a, a classic of its time, you know, from what it did. Um, Watchmen is arguably a brilliant film. I think that's probably his best film so far. Yep. You know, I, I, Dawn of the Dead, his first go as uh, like a director of a feature film, is a really good remake. There are a few horror film remakes as good as that. And I say that as someone who adores the original, you know. I just think, I don't know why Zack Snyder's suddenly this, like, hated figure. Because he made Batman vs Superman, and it wasn't the Batman vs Superman that everyone wanted. You know? I just think, fuck him. I just got a bit tired of trying to not just defend the film, just defend criticism of it. Okay. Uh, Paul? Well, I watched a film called Orthodox, um, which is set in the uh, Jewish community, uh, Orthodox Jews. Um, and it stars Stephen Graham, who, if you don't know the name, you'll know him. He's the, the really nasty bastard in This Is England, the yeah. Scouse fella. I was going to say, you need a Scouse nasty bastard. He's the go-to guy he for your film. He is the absolute go-to for any Scouse nasty bastard. So I was really really keen to, to, to see this. Um, yeah, I mean, the setup is he's, there's a Jewish kid, he's being bullied because he's got a funny hat and he's got funny hair, so the local kids pick on him, and then he takes up boxing. Um, it's quite cliche, but this goes against his faith, his father's not having it, you know, if you, t if you choose between us or the boxing, and he says, you know, I've got no choice, I need to defend myself. Then we fast forward and uh, he's uh, an adult and he's working in a butcher's shop. I'm guessing it's, I think it's his father's butcher's shop. It's weird because he seems to have like two pieces of meat for sale whenever it kind of shows the shop. It's a bit weird. And um, struggling to make ends meet. Sorry, I could resist. <laughs> and he does illegal fighting on the side for the local gangster played by Michael Smiley. Again, as soon as you see him, you'll, you go, oh, him from Thingy. <laughs> um, and he, he, it's a strange one. He's obviously, he, he, has a, he has a family, his wife, he marries somebody who isn't Jewish. And 
you've got this kind of pull between his religion and his fighting on the side. And he's really struggling his business. Um, Michael Smiley offers him a load of wedge to go and um, torch what he thinks is an empty building. And um, this is at the behest of Christopher Fairbank, who who plays the local kind of religious leader who owns all the local property in the area. Um, so he, he torches this place and lo and behold, there was a family living in there. And this is where it kind of goes a bit off the rails slightly. He's burnt a family to death and he's out of prison within four years. Mm. That ain't happening, is it? I'm just no. like not in any way, shape or form. And Michael Smiley grasses him up you know he's the guy who's paid him to do it he he grasses him up and then you've just got this kind of him trying to rebuild his life as he comes out of prison there's all sorts of catastrophic things have, have gone on while he's been away and what should be a really kind of dark gritty gruesome kitchen sink proper old school british drama just comes undone at the seams ever so slightly there's things that don't add up there's plot holes and then worst of all is Christopher Fairbank, who you'll, you'll know as Moxie from Alveda's own pet, <laughs> has a terrible false beard as the Jewish leader. And I can't work out if his lines were dubbed after because it just, oh, it was so grating and so weird. Um, it, and it's a real shame because, you know, I'm a big champion of British films and I, and I really, really wanted to um, enjoy this. But... When it gets to Netflix, I mean, you know, it was six quid on Amazon to, to watch it. Don't go down that road. When it appears on Netflix, worth a watch. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, there is some, there is a good story there. It's just been slightly strangled by some muddied storytelling. Okay. Do you know anything else by the director? So well, I'm you... on this IMDb page, and the weird thing is for the movie, it says directed by David Leon, writers David Leon and David Leon. I'm thinking the Jewish community needs to get some new names. This <laughs> <laughs> makes me think of that bit bit of the last episode of The Office with David Brent, you know, um, you know, on my own boss. Oh, can I stay in bed today, David? Yes, you can, David. That's not me in bed with another man called David. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. I might give it a go. I mean, I do like some of these. I mean, you recommended Hyena to me last year, which was, uh, that turned out to be great. Oh, I really liked amazing. Hyena. amazing. Yeah. So, you know, worth yeah, putting this is, some this is, he's, he's in that as well, isn't he, Stephen Graham? Yeah, yeah. He's fantastic in that. He this is. is not to that level. If you're expecting Hyena, you ain't going to get it. Time now for us to have a look at some new releases. And uh, we're going to start off with Natural Born Pranksters, which Paul has seen. I love prank films. I'll watch them. I'm in a jackass. Probably some of my favorite films of all time i love those guys can we just stop it there because prank uh jackass it's jackass i know we say ass in the uk right but it's written jackass jackass yeah but that jackass just it's i i'd have to i'm gonna have to force myself to say that i mean jackass jackass thank you right um i'll watch any and all of them. I watched those idiots from Sweden falling about, those Welsh idiots falling about. Dirty Sanchez. 
that's the ones. Oh, mate, the liposuction thing where they have to, and the lady boys killed me, slayed me. I, I watch all of this shit and I'll lap it up. I'm the target audience. These guys, I don't know what a notorious YouTuber is. I'm guessing it's one of <laughs> Yeah. This is something my kids, they watch YouTubers and they'll sit there watching people on YouTube talk about video games and I just do not understand it. Oh, my two cousins, there's this, this, is this PewDiePie? It's like this yeah, really big, the yeah. biggest like, and game. he's got a really ever. annoying voice. And right, so kids love Minecraft. They watch videos of him playing yeah. Minecraft. I'm thinking, just play fucking Minecraft. I tried tried playing Minecraft. I I can't get my head around it. I don't understand what's going on. But, like, kids will get it. If you're watching videos of, like, an hour, play the bloody game. I I just don't understand it. Every time I walk into my daughter's bedroom, she's watching videos of this guy talking about playing Minecraft. And I just, I don't get it. (laughs) I do not sit there watching videos of people playing Football Manager. I play Football Manager. (laughs) Now now I live Football Manager because I'm manager of a team. Uh, it's, it's the real deal now. You've made it. You've made it. arrived. I have. <laughs> and don't forget, mate, that pre-season, the Foul Critics Cup is going to happen. <laughs> um, well, okay, I'm, so I'm not travelling up to you. We'll come to you. Yeah. Right, these idiots on, on the YouTubes. Um, Roman Atwood, Dennis Rohde and Vitaly Z. I've never heard of them. But... Well, if, it, if it's jackass, it's... Uh, you know, is it Vitaly Z? Could be. <laughs> these yeah. these guys do pranks that take the, the kind of the whole thing to a completely different level. They're not quite so much about hurting themselves and doing really silly things as they are about completely shocking and humiliating people. Um, and if you watch the trailer, it actually shows you all the pranks they're going to do. It's not about the prank. It's about the reaction. So these guys will fool people into thinking their loved ones have been seriously hurt or killed. You know, he makes his wife think that he's thrown his own kid over the banisters. Um, they'll th- make people believe that their their girlfriend's gone into a portaloo and and some hillbillies in a truck have smashed into it and killed her. They'll make a a guy who's about whose wife is about to give birth come home find the ambulance people there and neither of the people involved are black, but his wife is holding a black child that she's just given birth to with a blanket over her. It's all about the reaction and it's all about the shot. They do stuff with shit, do stuff with piss. They do jokes about wanking. It's proper crude out there. Bite your knuckle. I can't believe they're going to do this stuff. If that's your bag you're gonna love it i even well owen you know me i'm morally Mm -hmm. bankrupt effectively (laughs) you know i have the morals of an alley cat but even me on a couple of occasions i was like no that's 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 wrong that is that's too much that's too far so you know it it not much shocks me but this just about managed to do it so if that's a recommendation i guess then yeah spend your 10 quid and uh, watch it on amazon video yeah i think they've definitely got a, an audience for this kind of prank but i similarly i don't enjoy that sort of humor when when it's at the expense of other people it's different to 
like jackass is fine because like almost all the time all they're doing is stuff to injure themselves you know and they're a group of consenting adults together doing stupid things like stapling sticks to their knob or whatever they did in jackass right yeah whereas the stuff like this which is so obnoxiously pompous i just i can't really get on board with it i see some of like the vines that people put on youtube and the silly ones are fine i don't you know if it's to make people laugh it's all right or you know you see the like crap ones that get pushed around uh, facebook and Twitter all the time of like people dressed as dinosaurs or clones and smashing things. And I just think fine, it's about the shock. But when it's like the extent that these guys do, I the don't think it's funny. The guy who comes home just don't to get find it. he's got a black baby is he just can't speak. He's got you've got all the ambulance people there. He totally believes his wife, who's nine months pregnant, she's got a blanket over. He can't see her stomach anymore. And she's holding this kid. And he just doesn't speak. His mouth is open. <laughs> He's completely in shock and he just cannot speak. And, for, and we're talking, we ain't talking for a couple of minutes. This goes on for like 10 minutes. He just can't say anything. He doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know what to say. He doesn't know where to look. It, it, they've proper stitched him up. Yeah. But you're but, laughing explaining it, Nick. So I guess there's part of, part of it that must be funny in the way that it's presented. It is. But equally, that's pretty out there to do yeah. that to someone. To think, you know, to, to come up with that as a, as a skit. I don't yeah, know. but I guess that's how they make their notoriety, isn't it? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, you know, the jackass guys, you mentioned them, jackass guys. Jackass, they, yep. yep. They're really clever. I love that, you know, the preparation that goes into their stunts and, and you know, all the camera people, the work, the execution. Is well, they got proper directors and people involved, yep. didn't they? Whereas, you know, I'm not having a knock at anyone who does... Um, uh, fair play to anyone who can make a living out of just creating stuff for YouTube. And there are people who do it. Uh, and it's clearly a very skilled thing. But, yeah, just being let loose to do stupid stuff like this. It, it is, it's three tits being really, really offensive. So, you know, take it or leave it. Yeah. Even that thing that's on Comedy Central, the pranks, prankster thing that's on that. Do you ever watch that? Um, oh, come on, it was cool. Yeah, I do know the ones. They're Kevin Smith's mates, those guys. The yeah. Three, four of them. yeah. Yeah, yeah, Even that, I can't stand They do a UK them. version now as well. Oh, I'm great. sure it's on BBC, one of those BBC channels I don't watch. Paul, did you ever see Rio Ferdinand's World Cup wind ups? No, I don't think well, so. Well, maybe. If, if, you like, if you like pranks, watch the Gary Neville one. Gotcha. That's well, that's the best one. Didn't he keep saying like he was trying to get a catchphrase, Rio Ferdinand? That was murked. Murked. That was it. Murked. Yeah. Still use it now. So. <laughs> um, yeah, I think the Gary Neville one was it was something to do with the police giving him a ticket um, or a fine, and like they were go and they were going, oh, if you give us a signed shirt, we'll we'll waive the fine. And he was just having none of it. He's like, no, I'll just take the fine. <laughs> <laughs> And I think there was one where he um, like abandoned David Beckham in Moss Side. Oh, nice. Which was yeah, but no, um, not very funny at all. Except the Gary Neville one, which was actually quite good. Yeah, the abandoning someone in Moss Side says more about their like. Well, you don't want to call them rich, pompous twats who've got no grasp on reality, but that's what it sounds like. 
Mm. I just remember Rio on that terrible ITV show called Let's Get Gold, which for some reason people on Twitter are confused with going for gold. <laughs> Happy days. Yeah, better times. Uh, on to the next new release we're, we're reviewing, uh, which is Eddie, Eddie the, Eagle, the Eagle, which has been seen by both, both me and Paul, starring Hugh Jackman and Taron Egerton. Egerton? It's Egerton, isn't it? Uh, we've got an Whichever. Egerton Park here, so it could be. I don't I think it's a, there's no D, is there? I think it's, it's Egg. Okay. But anyway, uh, in from in from Kingsman. Because um, yeah. that's that's all he's that's all he's really been in so far, isn't it? Is is Kingsman? He was he was in this. Legend as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it, it, he's picking varied roles at least, which is which is good to see, and. and He's been good in everything I've seen him seen him in, um, but as I think we were all discussing before we started the podcast, it's not much to say about Eddie the Eagle other than it's a nice film. It's a lovely film. It, it, it's got shades of cool runnings about it, I suppose, isn't it? With being Winter Olympics and underdog underdog story. They get a mention in it, don't they? The Jamaican bobsleigh team. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah it, it, it is like it, yeah, a, a British cool runnings. Yeah, I mean, I, I genuinely cannot remember the last time that everyone here went to the cinema together, because the kids wanted to see it, Catherine wanted to see it, I wanted to see it, and uh, we all had a, a lovely, lovely time because it's a lovely, lovely film. It's it, sweet. It's funny. It's a sporting underdog story which everyone loves. Uh, well, not everyone, but you know, I can't. I love a sporting underdog story whether like a documentary or it actually happening or a, a film or whatever. Um, I think the, both the central ca- the both central uh, characters, Hugh Jackman and Taron Egerton are, are really good and played really well and, uh, you know, fun to watch. I actually felt bad because I, I grew up during all this and I, I, I remember just this guy being a bit of a tit. I didn't, and I, all I remember him for was, you know, this some twat it's, ski jumping. Well, it's not completely. It's, it's not completely based in fact, is it? It's it's loosely Can't based be, on what yeah. happened. But it's they make loose, him out to be a really, really top bloke who really, really struggled well, to, to from, get to do what he did. Well, from, from what I from what I read about him after seeing the film was because it was before my my time, um, is that he was actually a, a reasonably competent normal skier like just like cross-country skiing or something like that um but because it was too expensive and there were lots of other people competing to get in for the british team it was it was too difficult for him to to get in that way so he picked ski jumping because there was nobody else competing in it um but he obviously wasn't very good and had to train he broke some british even though he finished last he broke some british records because i suppose there weren't any to beat really but or there was nothing you know nothing significant there but I think this film is 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 based on him, but it's not hundred percent accurate. No, I mean, I, what I was really looking forward to on this was actually the the soundtrack because I'd heard you had Howard Jones, Mark Allman, Majure, Nick Kershaw, Kim Wilde, Half of Erasure, <laughs> Go West, Heaven Seventeen, Paul Young, and I thought fantastic. No, none of that was in the film. What they've actually done. If you look closely at the, at the the CD cover, it says music linked to the film Eddie the Eagle. So not the music ah. that's actually in the film. Yeah. Mm. That's shit. I hate stuff like that. 
I can't believe they managed to get all these people into a studio to record songs and then didn't use any of them. Yeah, what's the point of doing that? I have no idea. <laughs> it's just baffling because I don't remember anything about the score or the sound, anything, nothing, nada. All that period, they had the, the opportunity to use all the music from that period and they and they didn't go there. Really baffling. But no, the film itself is is definitely a good film and and worth seeing, isn't it? Yeah, I, as you said, it's it's the story of Eddie the Eagle. He, he does some, you know, some ski jumping. He has some, some, some struggles, but it's very sweet. It's a proper, proper crowd pleaser. This one, my daughter, apps. She's twelve, and she absolutely adored it. Really, really adored it. But then my cynical, miserable fifteen-year-old, he loved it too. And me, this would normally you'd think I would hate this, but I loved it. I really, genuinely had a blast. And I think Dexter Fletcher. It's a fucking ledge directing this. He's doing really well, and I think he's going to go on and, you know, he was scratching around in our old mate Sothcott's doing bit parts, yeah. and yeah. now he that boy's going to do good. You say that you wouldn't like people wouldn't expect you to like it. I th- I think that I presumed you would enjoy it to be honest, because you liked um, what was that story with the gay miners from last year? Oh, or the year Pride! I... Pride absolutely loved that and again and i didn't think i'd like that it's that kind of feel-good british comedy that i yeah i just assume you would have enjoyed it okay. uh, you know but, you know are you gonna yeah. go and see it home uh probably not no if i was gonna it would have been at the weekend but i just nah i can't be bothered to be honest i mean i kind of feel like i know how it would all play out anyway i'm just not that keen Next. Next is Where is the Agenda? Martyrs. There it is. It's <laughs> Martyrs. The remake of Martyrs um, that me and Owen saw recently and Paul saw yonks ago. Now, I have seen the original, but I can't quite remember it. Owen, can you give us a, an overview of, the, overview of the original? The original starts pretty slowly, gets very interesting and very disturbing as it goes on. And then gets a little silly in its finale, but is just gruesome all the way through. Um, it's just one of the most horrendous, in terms of like the, the violence in it, uh, the on-screen violence, that, and, and shocking violence from perhaps any film of that period. You know, it came out in 2008, the French film. And I think around that time, there were lots of films. Wolf Creek, as we mentioned earlier, perhaps can be bracketed into that sort of uh, torture porn type you're, film. As you're, they were you're, bracketed. You're, you're way off here, mate. It's, it's New French Extremity. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, and it was yeah. probably late 90s and then early 2000s. Things like... Um, Irreversible. And exactly. Complex. Switchblade yeah. Romance and all this kind of stuff. There was... There's, you know, there's tons of this stuff floating around. Yeah. Um, it was all very fucking nasty, really kind of trying to break taboos across the board with, um, in, in terms of horror. And then it almost sort of culminated in 2008 with, with, with Martyrs. <clears throat> which... Okay, because I always associate it along the same time as stuff like, like, like Wolf Creek. And also then you've got Human Centipede and uh, what was this, uh, a Serbian film and stuff like that. In my mind... They're all from the same-ish period. 
but they're not from the same kind Co- of no, yeah. not the same country or same type of film. But yeah, no, they. But it's that idea that they were pushing how um, extreme that those kind of films can be. Yeah, I've, I've watched pretty much everything in this kind of from 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 that area. They're they're, they're all French, all horrific, horrific stuff, but all pretty good to be fair. Oh yeah, there's lots of like really interesting <laughs> concepts going on with martyrs. Um, the whole religious side of it, of course, yep. um, which we will probably do well to avoid talking about in t- too much detail because that's the whole point of like yeah. what's trying to be attained in the second film. But um, I thought the remake, yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't shot for shot, but it was pretty close in terms of the, the way, the, the style, um, the cinematography and everything. It's very similar to the original. It was just the violence was so watered down. That's, that's part of the problem with some of these kind of more... like Because the original was like a French-Canadian film, wasn't it? Obviously, the remake's like an American film. A lot of the American films, when they do remake a foreign horror or slasher or, or something like that, they do tone it down a bit. And it's just a pointless remake, isn't it? It's just another pointless remake. If you're not, if you're not going to do something different with it or be... Uh, was one of the main things major things about the original was how graphic it was. If you're not going to go for it, what's the point of making it? What's the point of making a sanitised version if it doesn't do anything different? Well, quite, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it is truly an exercise in just yeah. pissing people off. It's uh, There's it's no pointless. reason for this to have ever been made. It's terrible. No. It's very tame. It's essentially a failed cash grab, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I looked at the box office... Now, I don't know how up-to-date it is because there was nothing on Box Office Mojo, but the only one I did find said that theatrically it had taken 80 grand. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, it doesn't feel like it's been made for any money either, so I don't know quite what the point is. It's not like it's a Lionsgate horror that's no. you know, been made on a budget of, you know, six million expected to take in 30. I mean, it's it's nothing. It's a nothing film. There's n- mm. absolutely nothing there at all to suggest that there was a purpose for it. I think it's been hanging around for ages. I, yeah. I did look it up on Wiki just to see. Um, it says that, that it, it, the project started in 2008 and then you had the usual <clears throat> change of personnel yeah. and again and again and again. And yeah, that, that never bodes well. I mean, it's got 4% on Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, yeah, that's shit. And that mm. must have been some bloody that must have been some like bloody teen or woman's magazine film reviewer who's not seen the original who you know who maybe got a, a free sweatshirt from them or something because I can't see how anyone could give it a positive rating. No, because the whole I mean the whole purpose of the original Martyrs was it was that it it was excruciating, right? You were meant to sit there squirming and feeling the torturous like pace of it. Because that's what was happening to the characters. Yeah. In this, it's kept to about like the last twenty minutes, twenty twenty five minutes, and then it's blitzed through as quick as possible to get to like the money shot. It which felt is... like a teen horror. Yeah. Effectively, which this not it ain't a teen horror. And the original is, you know, this does this is an insult to the original film. And anyone thinking of going to see it, please don't. Just don't bother. There's no, there's no reason to see it. The, the original does everything that this film is meant to do, but better. And I don't even, I wouldn't even call myself a fan of the original. I just thought it was, uh, 
clever, but a bit tedious. Uh, final film for us to have a little chat about is Anguish, that Paul has seen again. Yeah, uh, a really small um, independent horror film. Um, it's basically you've got an annoying teen who the opening of the film she has an argument with her mum steps out of a car and splat she's she she's gone then another annoying teen moves to the same town and ends up becoming essentially possessed by teen one um it's a strange one because it's really really well made it looks amazing it's pretty much art house horror I mean, and that's that's a hard act to pull off, especially in this day and age. There's so much Lionsgate toot um, mm. knocking about, and the cover looks like Lionsgate toot, but it really isn't. You've got a really small, nearly all female cast. There are some 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 bits where you think it's going to go one way. So the girl starts the scene. That you can the setup is. Girl A dies, girl B gets gets possessed, slowly unravels. She does have some mental health issues. There's some the other mother who's lost her daughter is dealing with loss. Then the vicar gets involved, so you've got these religious themes. And it you think it's gonna go one way, and then it doesn't quite do that, and then it completely kind of flips and deals with it in a very matter-of-fact way, which I found really refreshing. There was, there was none of this, is she or isn't she? It was, she is. And then she's having conversations with people fully possessed. And it was that, that was definitely not what I was expecting. Um, and there's no silly twists. Absolutely, yeah, it's definitely worth a watch. Definitely. Okay. So uh, better than Marta's remake, then, basically. Yeah, that's, yeah, miles <laughs> better. Um, one thing left for us to do before we go. And that is give you some recommendations for the week ahead. I'm going to give you a choice with mine. There's two things on a Thursday night uh, worth watching. Um, they are on Film 4 at 20 to 11 at night, uh, Dread. And uh, on ITV4 at 11 o'clock at night, there is Senna, the documentary okay. for those who don't know on the Formula One driver. Um, both of them excellent for different reasons both worth watching Paul? I'm going to recommend the best thing I've seen on TV this year um, it's on the Sundance channel in the States and on Amazon Prime here it's called Hap and Leonard with James Purfoy and Michael Kenneth Williams and it's a caper about two idiots who get involved with recovering some money from a car that went into a river after a robbery um, it's set in 1988, and it is absolutely fantastic. I love a caper. It's it's dark, it's comic, and when Jimmy Simpson rocks up as the baddie, he is phenomenal. Absolutely recommended. Okay. Owen? Okay, so I'm also kind of cheating by picking two things, but uh, A Serious Man is on uh, BBC Two on Friday at 5 past 11, which is, uh, I think, arguably the Coen Brothers' most underrated film about a Jewish physics teacher in the 1960s, which is part drama, part comedy, but just brilliantly told um, and well worth a watch. Um, but added to Netflix recently is Predator, 
So that's going to get watched about 50 times by me before it disappears off Netflix. Uh, and I'm really in the mood to watch it as well after watching Alien. I don't know why, but I just always tie these two franchises together in well, my so, mind. So did Hollywood. Well, yeah, eventually. It went really well. It went brilliantly, didn't it? I, the first Alien versus Predator is all right. Is that the one with really. the temple in Antarctica? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's all right. It's okay. A lot of the stuff from that was nicked for Prometheus as well. The ideas and stuff. Yeah. But the second one, Requiem, is utter fucking just tosh. With the half alien, half predator hybrid. Oh, God. Makes me angry just thinking about it. Hmm. Anyway, that is all for this week's Failed Critics. We'll be back next week, Owen, with who and with what? Um, Are you back on next week, Paul? I think it's me. I think we're doing... um... Hardcore Henry. We are, yeah. You know the... me, mate. I'm a big fan of hardcore. <laughs> yeah, so we brought you back on. Get the expert. Um... Not normally involving Henry, I have to say. Normally with Henrietta. <laughs> Somebody's going to do a spoof of that, aren't they? I can already... Oh, I'm going to Google it. Hardcore Henrietta. The Failed Critics Podcast is presented by Steve Norman and Owen Hughes, created by James Diamond, with original music provided by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com, remixed by James Yule of JamesYule.com. You can find us at FailedCritics.com, on Twitter at FailedCritics, and Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash FailedCritics. Thanks for listening. This is a bit weird. You know, you get adverts on Skype now. Yeah. The advert that's come up on mine just said sex without consent is rape. Yeah, same here. I don't, I don't know if it's, you know, I know advertising targets it targets you now, but I hope it's not. <laughs> I hope yes. it's not targeting me. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.